failings of the weak and not just please ourselves. Each of us should please our neighbors for their good to build them up. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. God, we're praying today for insight and understanding into the relationships you're calling us into with you, with ourselves, and with each other. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Again, it's great to see everybody here today. We are in the midst of our summer series on the fruit of the Spirit. We've been taking Galatians chapter 5 and uh, looking at each of the attributes. As you may know, Galatians chapter 5, the fruit is singular. So the idea is there's one fruit but made up of all of these different flavors, if you will. So we talked about love and joy, peace and patience. Last week we looked at kindness and you can, by the way, go back to adventhope.org where you'll see all of the uh, previous teachings. You can catch up or you can review if you'd like to. And uh, so last week we talked about kindness and this week we're talking about the attribute of goodness. So again, it's one fruit. The idea is there's all these different flavors in the fruit. So one fruit with a bunch of different flavors. And today we're looking at the flavor of, of goodness. And uh, for our text of emphasis, the passage is Romans chapter 15, verses 1 and 2. So this is the Apostle Paul, and he's talking about the church, or writing to the church in uh, Rome. And uh, here he mentions uh, goodness. And so Romans 15 says that goodness should be something that does good not just for oneself, but for the other. Our goodness should not be, our good actions shouldn't be just something that's benefiting us, but is designed to benefit Everyone. So we exist in community, and uh, what we do affects uh, everyone or each, each other, those around us. And so when we do good, in fact, you can determine what is good by how it impacts not just ourselves, but each other. This is, is goodness. Good things affect each other. Uh, the, the, the key word here, the original word is agathos in the Greek, which means good. And so this ties back into the word of Galatians chapter 5, also a, a, a root of agathos or extrapolation of agathos. And so Romans is saying that our goodness should, or our good actions, our good works should affect others. In fact, that's how you determine whether something is good or not, if it has a benefit not just for ourselves, but for others. What we do affects others. This goes back to the entire idea that we live in community with each other. No person is an island. Uh, back to the idea of Genesis 1, where we're told that God, Father, Son, and Spirit were all present at the time of creation. God has always existed in community, and that we live in community as well. And so what we do affects others, and goodness, or determining what are good actions, they're determined by, not again, just how it affects us, but how what we do affects others. First uh, Peter 2.9 says it this, like this, and both Peter and Paul, we read Paul in Romans 15, Peter, they're both disciples of, of Jesus. Paul became a disciple of Jesus later, and so they're both talking to people who have confessed faith in Jesus, right? And so Peter says this, this is First Peter 2.9, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession 
that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. So uh, Peter is talking about, he's affirming what Paul says in Romans chapter 15. He's saying, like, if you've confessed faith in Jesus, you're part of something special, a chosen people. Once you were not the people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Dear friends, so here comes the instruction now, because of this, because you exist in community and you acknowledge the community of Christ, because of that, dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. Live such good lives, there's that goodness, that live such good lives among the those in the world, they, they use the term pagans, but that's kind of describing everyone who's uh, not a believer, live such a good, good lives among the pagans that th though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. So Peter is affirming what Paul says, and that is that the good works that you do, the good things that you do, the goodness that you have, goodness is really defined by how it affects other people. If you're doing something that you perceive to be good and it's only affecting yourself, it's only for you, then uh, that may not be goodness. Goodness affects everyone. Goodness is good for everyone. Um, the best example, I think, of goodness is found actually back in the book of beginnings in Genesis chapter uh, 3. I won't read all of it. You can re read it. Uh, sorry, Genesis chapter 1, starting with verse 3. I won't read all of it, but you'll get the idea here. It says... Uh, you may be familiar with this. God said, let there be light, and there was light. God saw the light, that it was good, and he separated the light from darkness. All right, so God created something, something that was designed for every person. It was going to benefit everyone. It wasn't just for him, himself. He creates light, and then he identifies that it's, uh, that it's good. He then said, let there be a vault between the waters and separate the waters. So God made the vault. God called the vault sky, and there was evening and morning the second day. God said, let the water under the sky be gathered into one place, and let dry ground appear, and it was so. God called the ground land, and he called the other sea, and then God saw that it was good. And so you have this idea of God creating something that's going to be of benefit, not just for himself. He's not just doing, he's setting the stage up, by the way, as you know. If you read Genesis chapter 1, I won't go through all seven days, but each day, he creates something that is designed for someone else, and then he identifies it as being good. And so our best example of what good action is, is in God's work in Genesis chapter 1, where he's crafting planet Earth, not just for himself, not for his own benefit, not so that he has a vacation place to run around and enjoy himself. He's crafting something for someone else, for his kids that he's going to create. And each day, he's like, this is good. It's good for them. It's good for them. We're imagining him like a gift, crafting it, making it, looking forward to the time when he's going to give it to us. And so we get in Genesis chapter 3 the very clear idea that doing good, what defines something as being good is how it affects other people. If you're only doing something for yourself, it's probably not good, even if you think it's good. And so God, the originator of the create doing good things, make doing things that are going to benefit other people, not just himself. And so God is full of goodness. He does good things that benefit everyone. 
and then he instructs us to also those who confess faith in him and believe in him to be about goodness. Not selfish goodness, but goodness for everyone. Uh, the problem, of course, is that doing things that are good for everyone isn't our default nature. In Genesis chapter 3, we see the, the story of how we started doing things just for ourselves. In Genesis chapter 3, we read the story that, uh, first of all, God in this garden, he creates this tree so that they will have free will and be able to choose for and against him. And he gives these instructions to his kids that he creates. Uh, he tells them that there's a tree and that they should not eat from this, this tree, all right? And so then if you keep reading in the story, the serpent comes, I won't get into all the details, but the serpent challenges this idea that eating from the tree is, is bad. And so he says, the serpent says this to Eve, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So, uh, the, the serpent is asserting that once you take from the tree, you're going to know more, which was certainly true. It was absolutely 100% true. So, so suddenly they now know not only what is good and good actions that benefit each other, but they're going to know evil. And so uh, the, the snake is asserting that this is a positive thing, that knowing both good and evil, that taking care not just of, of everyone else, but doing things selfishly, that that's going to be an advantage. And so, of course, they did that. Eve and Adam acted selfishly. They acted only in their own interest, and it has had catastrophic, uh, a catastrophic impact on all of us. So now our default nature is to do things that we think are only are going to benefit ourselves. And we think if we take care of ourselves, then maybe that will flow out to others if we even get that far. The problem is evidence has proven that that's not how the world works. When you take care of only yourself, It, 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 you become inward thinking, and that creates all kinds of chaos. I mean, think of the chaos that is in the world today. <laughs> Most of it is caused by people or groups or leaders or whatever who are worried about taking care of themselves only, right? We're not going to worry about the people in this other uh, country. We're going to, in fact, abuse them so that we get what we want out of it, what we need out of it. People not thinking about the good of their neighbor that, that Paul instructs us to think about. And so... <laughs> In a very simplistic uh, sense, good, doing good things. Good things are things that have a positive benefit for everyone, for the community, not just for ourselves. Bad things are those things that we do that are only for our own good and probably not really helping our own good either. I mean, if you're doing things for only selfish uh, motivations, they're probably actually not even helping you, even though you think that it's helping you. And so... Uh, Jesus clarified this point. This is Mark uh, 10, verse 17. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him and said, good teacher, what must I do to inherit uh, life? And Jesus said, why do you call me good? Why do you call me onto this, this agathos, this, this word? Why do you call me good? No one is good except God Alone. So Jesus is emphasizing the fact that all of us are uh, broken, that as human beings we don't inherently have uh, a nature that inclines us to do good for others, to do good things or for ourselves, quite frankly, even when we think we're doing good for ourselves, and that only God is good. Jesus is also implying that this guy uh, 
is, should know that he is <laughs> God himself. Only God is good. Uh, so if you're calling Jesus good, you're identifying as him God. That's kind of a side note. But according to Jesus, only God is inherently good. All of the rest of us since Genesis chapter 3 are broken, and we're not looking out for everybody else. We're often fully focused on ourselves, and that ends up being bad not only for others, but even for ourselves. And so this leads to our big question today, and that is, what is behind this uh, inability to do good for everyone? What's behind this inability? And uh, as always, a number of responses. I have a couple for you today. First of all, we have come to believe that we have to prove our value as human beings through good work. So we've taken the idea of doing good things, or goodness, or being good, and we've kind of gamified it, if you will. We said, you know, uh, we, 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 we feel some, 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 something empty in ourselves and that we have to prove ourselves, and so we gamify goodness, and we say, like, okay, the more goodness that we do, the more that that's gonna validate who we are, and so we just, we try to collect goodness, right? So it's kind of like a video game where you, you know, if you you have some objective where you're, you're collecting points or you're collecting objects or I don't know what, you know, game you play on your phone when you're on the subway riding uh, to work, but you've got the game and you're collecting points, you know, and so we treat goodness like that. We have to collect the points so that in the end we have enough points that we can validate our existence. And this all goes back to a sense that we aren't uh, good enough. This is at the heart of legalism and moralism that really is the undergirding principle for so much of the world's philosophy and theology. You know, so many of our, our religions, in particular in the world, are based on this idea that you have to be a good person, and at the end of your life, it will be determined how good you were, how many good actions that, you, uh, that you've done, and that's going to determine whether you're going to go on into whatever the next life is or whether you're going to experience suffering or not. And so we've gamified the system by trying to collect as many points, but the problem is when you look at good actions like this, it's still a selfish motivation. You're still looking out primarily for yourself because you like want to earn enough, so you do good things. But the problem is, it just doesn't work. When we're doing good things only for our own motivation, even if it does some good in the world or it helps someone, ultimately, it's still not solving the problem that we are broken inside and we're not gonna, you know, we're not gonna get, first of all, not gonna be able to get enough points, but then when we moralize everything in this way, it actually ends us and ends up with us being more hurtful to others than, than not. And so all of this goes back to the fact that we, we don't feel that great about ourselves. I mean, why do, we, why, do we, why do we not do things that benefit everyone? Because we don't feel that good about ourselves and we know it and we're broken and we don't know how to get out of the, the mess that we're in and this is a great challenge for us. And so uh, we're, we're trying again to earn it, to get enough points together. And when you go about doing good things, uh, ultimately to gain enough points to earn your own uh, glory in the end, it just, it doesn't end up working out for us. Isaiah 64 says it like this, all of us have become like one who is unclean, and all of our righteous acts, all of our, the good things we do are actually filthy rags. 
because the motivation is off. The motivation is still to like earn, earn our goodness by doing good things. We've been convinced that if we uh, look out for ourselves, if we put ourselves in this first spot, that it's gonna work out for the best for us. This is another aspect of this inability to really do good things. If we are responsible for looking out for ourselves first and foremost, and look, the, the world is seeping with this, this ideology today, like take care of yourself first and foremost. But when we do that, it, again, it affects our ability to interact positively and do good things for others. Now, look, there is a place for self-care and for taking care of yourself, all right? There's a place, because, I mean, you've got to invest in yourself, so you can invest in yourself without being selfish. You need rest, you need sleep, you need time alone, you need vacation, you need exercise. If we're doing all of those things so that we can grow in our goodness and relationship with other people, then that's one thing. But when we're only about self and trying to earn our keep and keep up our value, then we are in danger of falling back into a selfish existence that does not do good. And so uh, doing good things alone doesn't make you full of goodness. You know this, you can do things, you can do actions that don't actually change your heart toward love and compassion and kindness toward our neighbors, which Romans 15 is saying. I, Paul is saying the good things that you do should affect your neighbors. If you're only doing good for yourself, then it's a, then it's a problem. James 1.17 says this, look, every good thing is from God, and if you're trying to do good things all on your own, it's only gonna create chaos. And so, as always, we're left with the existential quick question, well, <laughs> how do we fix this? How do, we, how, do we, how do we live with goodness? Galatians 5, Paul says, goodness is a fruit, it's a, it's a flavor of the fruit of the Spirit. And so how do we have true goodness in our hearts? So that we're looking out for others, not just for ourselves, that when we do, do things, we're thinking about how they impact others and how they benefit others. How do we uh, live like this? Well, as always, our only hope is in the Lord Jesus. Jesus, who lived with goodness, who, who, who everything he did was for the benefit, not just of himself, but for others. When he went around, sometimes he had personal time, he had self-care, he would go away and he would pray by himself um, I'm sure he was, he was out on the, 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 the sea by himself in a boat enjoying the beautiful nature. I'm sure he had alone time. We're told that this happened, of course, that he spent private time in prayer. He had self-care, but all of it was designed not just for his own good, but for the good of others. One of my favorite stories is in Luke chapter uh, 7, where we see like Jesus' goodness and his compassion and his care for someone else who was hurting. This is Luke 7, verse 11. It says that Jesus went to a town called Nain, and his disciples in a large crowd followed him, and he, as he approached the town gate, a dead person was being uh, carried out. The only son of his uh, mother, and she was a widow, so this had incredible implications for her. She needed, in this case, in this culture, you needed a man. And the man of the family was dead. Her, her son, who she cared about. The only son of the mother, and she was a widow. And a large crowd from the town was with her. When, the, when Jesus saw her, his heart went out to her, and he said, don't cry. Jesus expressing 
compassion and care, not just for himself, but for someone else. He's moved by the actions of this reality. He's like seeing this woman. He knows the implications. The son is dead. She's mourning. There's a great crowd. And so he says, don't cry. Then he went up and he touched the, the funeral procession that they were carrying him on and the barrier stood still. Everybody got still. And he said, young man, I say to you, get up. And the dead man sat up, began to talk, and Jesus gave him back to his mother. Jesus acting in compassion for the help of someone. He's moved by uh, someone else's grief. And so he does a good thing. He revives the son. Now, you and I don't have this power currently to go up to a funeral. I mean, that would be amazing to go to a, a, a funeral. Michelle was at a funeral a couple of weeks ago. Can you, can you imagine? We don't, have that, that would, we don't have that ability, but Jesus had inherent goodness, and that enabled him to have power. Further, Jesus' sacrificial death was done for everyone. When Jesus acted, it wasn't just for himself. It was for everyone. In Matthew chapter 26, we're told about this. This is the meal before Jesus is to go die on the cross. Listen to what he says. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples, saying, take and eat, this is my body. You know, we come together about once a quarter, and we partake in this ancient practice, the Lord's Supper, where we eat the bread and drink the juice with each other. So you may be familiar with this verse if you've been around. He said, take and eat, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for the many for the forgiveness of sins. Jesus is indicating what he is doing is for everyone. When Jesus asked, he did it not just for himself, but for everyone. When Jesus died, he did it not just for himself, he did it for everyone. I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now on until this day when I drink it anew with you in my, my Father's kingdom. So he goes even further and says, like, uh, what I do, I'm doing for everyone. And in fact, I'm going to restrain from doing something good, from drinking the fruit of the wine until we can all do it together again in my Father's kingdom. Jesus thinking not just about himself, but the other. And the good news today is that because Jesus has acted this way, because Jesus inherently lived with goodness, because Jesus was always thinking about the other, because even when Jesus was taking care of himself and doing self-care, he was thinking about how is he going to impact others, we too can be transformed by the Lord Jesus' action. And so today, if you're thinking to myself, yourself again like I am, like, oh, goodness. You know, we look at that list in Galatians 5 with all those flavors of the fruit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. And you think, yeah, sometimes I do things good. I, sometimes I really am trying to help others. But so often in my, my, my life, I'm trying to take care of myself because I don't feel good about myself or feel, because I feel like I have to earn my keep. If you're feeling that way today, the good news is, that because Jesus acted with goodness, because Jesus was able to heal the brokenhearted in, in goodness, doing good action, and because Jesus died for us, for everyone, because of this, as we confess faith in him, we are enabled with power to be transformed as well, and God can give us his goodness. We've emphasized week after week after week, there is a reason that, that these attributes are called the fruit of the Spirit. It's not Todd's fruit. See, back to Genesis chapter 3, when we made, as a human family, as we made the decision that we made, and we've all partaken in that, 
in, in that decision. As we, as we made the decision to go our own way and to do our own thing and act selfishly, we have been broken. And we have an her- inherent default to do that which only benefits us. But because of the work of the Lord Jesus who came and didn't just serve himself, but uh, poured out his blood for everyone, we have hope as we confess faith in him that we can be transformed and filled with goodness that we don't inherently have. Paul in Ephesians says it like this, because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, makes us alive with Christ even when we're dead in our transgressions. It is by grace that you've been saved. God has raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness. We talked about this very passage last week because it talks about kindness. In kindness to us in Christ Jesus, for it is by grace that you've been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves. If you're trying to earn this, from yourself, you're never going to be satisfied. This is not from yourself. It's a gift from God, not by works, so that none of us can boast. But then he goes on to get to our word agathos. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Good works don't gain us something, but confession in the work of Jesus gains us the ability to do actual good works works, to do that which benefits not just ourselves, but everyone. What is, what is transgression? What is sin? That thing which only benefits, or we think only benefits us, but actually probably doesn't even benefit us. What is righteousness? Doing those things that are good for everyone. Because of the work of Jesus, we have the opportunity to be filled with the power to do good. We are created in Christ Jesus to do good works. We're not going to do it on our own, but when we confess faith in Jesus, when we repent of the ways in which we've already been headed, God is able to empower us and to help us to live with goodness. May God do this in our experience as a community today. May we be a community that's known for its good works. May God do this in our hearts today that we may be people living the flavor of goodness. Amen.